Hi, this is Pastor Tim, and I'm always encouraged to hear what God is doing in your life. Now, if you have a story or a testimony to share regarding a miracle, please let me know at story at citylifefw.org. That's story at citylifefw.org. Hey, I'm looking forward to hearing your personal story soon. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. We're all about making Jesus known. We pray these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus, who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. I love it if you would go ahead and get your Bibles open to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I want you to hold it there. I'm going to jump in there in just a minute. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Today I'm talking about failure. Well, hey, I like I heard one person go, woo, yeah. Hey, we all love success, don't we? We do, but uh, failure, we hate it. I mean, I hate failure. It's just and the big failures, the little failures, uh, you know, they, they, they just happen. I remember, you know, one, one time when I was starting, uh, I was young in my ministry, and in full-time ministry when I was working at a local church several years ago. And uh, this is back about 1993 or so. And I, uh, I was called upon to run to the hospital. Someone in the office says a large church we were at. And someone said, hey, there's, there's a person who's in the hospital. And uh, they're at the Methodist Hospital in Dallas. And you're going up that way anyway. Would you be willing to drop in and, and, uh, and check on them, pray for them? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've done a lot of hospital visitation and stuff like that before. See, at the time, I was a children's pastor. And, uh, and, and it was, uh, so, you know, I was, I was kind of known as the cool children's pastor, I guess, whatever. Because as, as one of the things I did, yeah, John, you were even in my kids' church way back then. That shows how old we really are. But, but, but I had this Mickey Mouse tie. It was Mickey Mouse playing hockey, and it was so cool because actually hockey was kind of new to the Metroplex at that time. The Stars had just moved here, and, and so it was a big, big thing. I, I would love going to the Stars game now, Mickey Mouse, and, and, and the kids love the tie, and I just done a chapel that day for our, for our, uh, for our, our Christian school that we had there at the, at the church, and so... Yeah, man, I had it on, on up there to, to see the family, and, and I didn't know them. It was, you know, a large church, didn't know them, and got there to the hospital and found out he was in ICU. So, well, yeah, you, you have to understand, I kind of know my way around hospitals, and so I just have, I've, I've always just had this ability just to act confident, and you just kind of walk wherever you're going to walk. And so I just, I, I tend to be able to walk right into those places, and just people don't even ask me questions. I don't know why, but I kind of like it. It makes it easier. So I just learned to walk in, and, and they had, at that time they'd have these marker boards up there you could see the name of the person see which room he was in I knew the layout so I just looked up up oh, there he is boom walked over to his room I walked in the room and I got there and I and, I, and uh and the lady said oh I, you know I, I said I'm, I'm Tim I'm here from the church I just wanted to pray drop in I heard about this and and the guy had had an aneurysm it was a it was a serious issue and I went in and and uh, the lady said oh okay she goes well I'm his wife and and uh, he's right over there at the bed, and so I walked over to the bed, and, and I said, well, why don't we just come around and pray real quick? We went and prayed, and I lay hands on the guy and prayed, and just prayed a good prayer, blessing and faith, and, and this other lady came up and found out later that was his, that was the guy's mother, and we were just praying and praying, and, and after him, in Jesus' name, amen, and I finished, and, and the, the, the lady who was married to him, she looked at me, and, and she said, 
um, can I talk to you in the hall? Uh, oh, okay, okay. You know, so we left the mother and left her husband in there and went into the hall. She said, he just died five minutes ago. Do you want to talk about feeling like a failure? So I'm walking in there with this Mickey Mouse tie. I'm all happy and peppy. And I'm going to go pray and we're praying for the guy. He's not alive. Now, that, that's kind of like, you, you, in, in the ministry world, that's a fail. That's a big, big fail. I'm just thinking, I don't even know what to do here. I've never even touched a dead person before. I, I, and and I, 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 I kind of panicked, and I just said, oh, okay, well, well, okay, well, well, we'll be praying for you guys. All I knew is I wanted out of there. I didn't know what to say. I had no words. And he says, God gives you words. There were no words at that moment. I walked out of there. I was like, this is it. And I walked out, I think, man, I, I guess, I guess if you touch dead people, you gotta wash your hands or something. So I washed my hands and, and everything and just left. And I got on my phone as soon as I left, I called back to the office. I said, well, he's, he's not alive. Uh, I prayed for him and he, you know, they said, they said, well, you prayed for him after he'd already died. It's like, yeah, they said, so did he come back to life? I can, no, no, he didn't. Okay. It was a fail. It was a fail, fail, fail. And never lived that down with the rest of the staff, you know? But, mer- but, you know, failure takes a lot of forms. There's a failure that are failure issues like that that are kind of humorous on the backside a long time later. Failures in relationships. You could have a failure in your career path, maybe a, a failure on a test or an exam or a course, possibly failure where you don't pick up a promotion. You maybe failed to yield the right of way and uh, you crashed your car, or hopefully you didn't crash your bike when you failed to yield the right of way. Maybe your body failed to operate the way it was supposed to. Uh, you failed in your business, your business crumbled. Maybe your team failed. Maybe somebody come at, came after you and, and just kind of like kind of nailed you for apparently no reason at all, which caused a failure on your end. Somebody, somebody broke your heart. Maybe somebody reported you or someone broke confidence and told your secret. And maybe you've just failed at a diet plan or possibly somebody ripped you off and then caused you to end up failing. Maybe you took a spill and broke a bone. Maybe you're driving 42 in a 20 mile per hour school zone, texting and not wearing your seatbelt, and you get a mega, mega, mega ticket, you know. Uh, the list can keep going on and on and on and on. But fa- the truth is, it doesn't matter what kind of failure it is, but failure hurts. Sometimes, like a few minutes ago, we laugh at our failures. Uh, other times, the failures are literally life altering, um, they're, 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 they're devastating. And We've all seen how failure can actually come in and destroy. It could be like a person who has a lot of influence somehow can never get past their own failure. And instead of soaring on wings like eagles, like I've been talking about over the past few weeks, they let failure then begin to define them. Uh, an amazing athlete who seems to have the world at his fingertips yet makes a foolish mistake and then never manages to live it down. Possibly a an amazing leader whose career was on the rise and everybody was looking at him and then had a temporary lapse of judgment and then he seems to just fall off the edge of the earth. You never hear from him again. Possibly a public figure who is brought down by maybe a single indiscretion or a teenager whose uh, future is seemingly derailed because they made an immature mistake. But they let failure define them, and then they were never able to rise above it. 
I want to tell you guys, you don't have to let your failure become your identity. I want you to listen to this guy's list of problems and his challenges and his failure. This is Paul, and he, he, says, he says, five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Those are not 40 eyelashes, Texas ladies. All right, we're talking about 40 beats with a, with a whip, which would have been 39. If they hit 40, actually, if they went over 41, the person that was doing the beating would have had to take the beat, so they would always do 40 minus 1, 39. It says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a day and a night on the open sea, and I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from the rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I've labored and I've toiled and often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. And besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And do I not feel weak? Then it goes on to say, and who is led into sin? And do not I inwardly burn? But if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weaknesses. Those are words from our case study in this series of messages. Paul, the apostle Paul. See, during the time uh, immediately following the crucifixion, the resurrection, and then the ascension of Jesus Christ, this man who was a young, prominent leader of the Pharisees, he launched one of the bloodliest, uh, bloodiest uh, assaults against Christians of that time. And what he would personally do is he would go from town to town to town, and he would search out Christians, and he would drag them into court with the ultimate uh, goal of having them imprisoned and possibly even put to death. Now, one day, he had this encounter with Jesus Christ, and that changed his life, and that's the goal here. We all want to have that encounter that changes our life. But what happened with him after that is then he went and he spent several years under the, the teaching and the discipleship of some of the Christian leaders at the time, and then Paul ended up launching his own ministry. He became really the, the preeminent church planter of that era in church history. He, he established all kinds of wonderful churches across uh, the ancient areas, which is now considered to be like Asia Minor, uh, Greece, Italy, Turkey, throughout that whole area. But, but I believe it was because Paul had learned how to fail smart. See, Paul, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't a guy who allowed the failure to hold him down. He faced the hard times. I just went through the whole list there. And he, he had to find ways to deal with his mistreatment as well. And the truth is, he could have become jaded and cynical and bitter because everything wrong seems to happen to him. He could have just gave up on everything and bailed and just gone back and quit all of his work and just decided to go back to Jerusalem, go back home and start over. And honestly, you, you, when you look at that list that I shared with you a minute ago, you probably wouldn't blame him if he did that. You'd say, you know what? I, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> Might as well just give in to your failure. But you see, failure happened to him. That doesn't mean that it all happened to him. It happens to us as well. Failure is, is going to happen to you. Let's just tell you, I'll just tell you right up front. It might result from uh, somebody else's actions, like Paul's seem to happen. It can happen from your own. But the truth is, no one is exempt from failure. Failure simply 
happens. And really, this should be very liberating to every one of you guys this morning because everyone fails. I fail. You fail. We all fail. You, you, you are going to fail. In fact, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at the person next to you, and I want you just to look at them and say, just kind of look at, the person, look at the person next to you, someone, someone, just say, you have been a failure. Come on, just tell them, just tell them, you've been a failure. Yeah, come on, tell someone else, you're going to be, yeah, tell the other person, you're going to fail. Just tell them, come on, you're going to fail, you're going to fail. Doesn't that feel good? Now, now, it kind of feels good, I like how you're laughing here, because you're just like, it sure does feel good just to tell someone else, you're a failure, you're going to fail. But it's kind of nice to know, the truth is, it was being said by everybody to everybody, you're not perfect. Now I want you to look at a person next to you and I want you to say this, but you're going to learn how to fail smart. Come on, say it. You're going to learn how to fail smart. Say it. You're going to learn how to fail smart. You're going to learn how to fail smart. See, because what happens is failure, it's gonna, it, it can potentially pull you under if you're not prepared for it. My, what I want to do is to help prepare you today. And for some of you that are in the middle of failure right now, I want to give you the tools to deal with it and process through it. Uh, because, because there is so much um, emotional fallout that happens with failure that we have to, to make some strong decisions that just like we were saying a, a few moments ago, it's time to live. And then our best is yet to come, even though it doesn't look like it. Truth is, though, the fact remains, <laughs> failure stinks. It just does. You, you, we usually want to distance ourselves from failure as far as we can, just get away, get away, you know, uh, or, or maybe act like, well, I, I kind of meant for that to happen. You know, that was my strategy all along. You know, when you were a kid and you would, you would mess up really bad and do something dumb on the playground, you know, you're just like, well, you know, I, I meant to do that. That was, that was like part of my strategy. Yeah, you know you didn't mean to do that. You're just embarrassed. You didn't want to look like a failure. But failure, it, it, um, it shakes your confidence. It sometimes makes you timid. Failure can cause people who were the life of the party to all of a sudden go into hiding and disappear. Uh, but failure also tends to reveal your true self. And quite often, we come face to face with that reality and it's very harsh and we don't like what we see. It's so much easier to put on the show and just look good. There's nothing quite like failure to shine, to, to, to shine this harsh light, this, this, this light of the reality of who we really are. I'm telling you guys, failure will also cause you to question things. It'll cause you to, many times to question everything. It'll, it can even cause you to question your faith. And when things are going good, um, you know, we, we make all these assumptions about our life and our career and God and church and, and all these things seem to be just moving right along and, and uh, all of our feelings remain intact and we're just, everything's good, everything's looking great. But when failure happens, uh, you, we start brooding and a lot of times backing away from everything and everyone who can help us because we're embarrassed, we're hurt, we're wounded. The things that were solid in our minds are now like shaking sand, and we don't even know what's solid anymore. We don't even know if God is solid, or is God even really there? Come on, it's real. But I believe this. Like Paul, we can all learn how to fail smart. We can. And we need to learn how to fail. Another way to say it is we need to learn how to fail successfully. That's not a contradiction of terms. Failing successfully is really not allowing failure to have the final word. I mean, think about this. Paul, 
He could have seen himself as a loser. He could have. I, you know, I, I, I listed a few things here that are throughout the scriptures here. I mean, Paul considered himself to be the chief of sinners. This is his own writings about himself. Uh, he had wrong uh, priorities and values in his past. His, his life was full of difficulties. He was not the most popular preacher around. In fact, he was a quite an unpopular preacher. People said, other people preach so much better than you do, Paul. <laughs> we don't know who those other people are, but now we see how history took care of that. But his prayers weren't always answered in the way that he desired. Uh, he wasn't even a handsome, attractive man. He was an unattractive physical specimen. Let's just call it what it is. He was rejected. He was lonely. And it's also even believed by some people who are scholars of that time and of the scriptures that he may have even had a failed marriage, uh, being that he had formerly been a Pharisee, uh, which gives us evidence that at one time he was married because you couldn't even be a Pharisee at that time unless you were married first. So we know at one time he had to have had a wife. Where is she now? Well, we know that in the New Testament during the time of his ministry as a church planter, we know that he was single. We don't know what happened, but can you imagine? And even though Paul had all of those failures, all of those failures, somehow he still handled them in a way that allowed his life to turn into one of the greatest examples of spiritual leadership and a good example for us today. I, I like what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4. I had you turn there in your Bibles. I want you to look at this and hold your place here because I want us to keep looking back at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, because he, he talks about how we are kind of like clay pots and, and uh, these are like, we're like clay pots that can, that can handle failure. We can rebound from adversity simply because God is working in us. God is, is what's on the inside. Paul says this. He says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. We are like the jars of clay. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Wouldn't you want God to be able to show off in such a way? This is what happened with Paul. God's showing off in such a way. It's like, look at this guy. Failure in every way. Yet, watch what I can do through him. He says, we're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And today, I'm challenging you. Today, you know, when it feels like everything is going wrong in your life, to look to God for strength and to resist that urge to give up. I want you to fail smart. I want you to get your strength from God. See, the Lord is the source of your strength. And Paul knew this, is that no matter what came his way, he could turn to God, God who was in him, God for strength. Paul says this right there. It says it right there in your Bibles. This all-surpassing power is from God. And it's not from us. It's the ability to, to fail smart. It's not something that you can just conjure up and force and work it up on your own. No, I mean, it comes from Jesus, the same Jesus who was crucified, who was persecuted, and who was executed, yet he also rose from the grave. And the Bible says that the same power that caused Jesus Christ to rise from the grave is in you. And I'm telling you guys, when you face adversity, that power of the Holy Spirit that abides in you is available wherever you are to lift you up and lift you out. That's what it means to feel smart. 
refuse allowing negative circumstances to simply ruin you. See, Paul says this right there in your scriptures. He said that we are hard-pressed on every side. That means it's coming at you from all angles. Some of you know what I'm talking about. But he said, we're not crushed. See, the fact that there's going to be uh, negative external circumstances coming in at you, that is a given. And I think it's especially a given in today's world. It's a choice, though. We actually choose, am I going to allow these circumstances to crush me, or am I going to push through it? Am I going to, with God's help, move through it? See, Paul, he was making sure that, 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 that none of these things that were beyond his control were going to destroy him on the inside. In other words, what's on the outside can't destroy what's on the inside as long as you have a lot of God in you. You understand that? You can't control what's going on around you, but you can control how much of the measure of God you have in you. You can control how you respond to all of that junk. It's your choice. My challenge is to fail forward and keep moving forward, regardless of what you're going through. It's not to minimize the stress and the problems that you're facing. No, no, but you just got to keep moving. Even though you don't even understand all that's happening around you, you got to keep going. That's why Paul says, look at it. It says, says, uh, we're perplexed. We're perplexed. We're confused. We don't understand their things. He said, but we're not in despair. What he's saying is, 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 I don't even understand what's going on. I can't figure out what's even going on around me. It's perplexing. I can't figure out, you might say, why that person hurt me. I can't figure out who is talking to whom or who's saying what at the office or exactly why I'm facing difficulty after difficulty. And, and, but, but I do know this, is that everything is going to be okay. But it's okay to not have everything figured out. It's okay to be perplexed in the middle of your storm, guys. Don't let that stop you. Don't let that stop you. You know, say, well, I've just got to gather more facts and figure out what's going on. No, you keep moving forward, even though you don't have all the facts. You've got to keep taking ground for your life. Just get up and keep moving. Feel smart. God's with you. Paul says, I'm persecuted. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I'm not abandoned. He was making it really clear that there are a lot of people, a lot of people who did not like him, wanted him dead, actually. He's basically saying here that that life was really, really tough, but that God had not abandoned him, even though all kinds of other people had, and he knew the Lord was even with him. In fact, some of the challenges he went through, some of the churches that he planted, then the, the, the people in those churches turned against them later on. He's like, what? All I came to do is just to start a new work of God, and, and you're believing all this other stuff that people are saying about me, and now what? what? It's persecuted, but not abandoned. Hey, listen, listen, guys. Jesus isn't going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. You have a powerful, invisible partner. He is the God of the universe, and he is with you no matter what kind of junk is coming against you. Fail smart. Keep taking your spiritual next steps in every way. 
fact, one of the things we even have around here is something we try to make really, really practical. We put this up over there. See, see, it's that next steps wheel. And every time, you know, if you're first time you're here, you get one of those. They, we give you a, a version to take home for yourself. But on there are just simple next steps to take. You know, go to that alpha group. It's like, I, I need to take that next step. I, I need to, to, to be baptized in water. I'm ready to, to, to be a part, a, a part of this church. I want partnership. I, I'm going to engage in generosity. And why? It's because those things solidify us in our spiritual growth. They make us solid and help us to be resilient when the stuff hits us. I've seen it over and over and over. You understand, I, I grew up in a pastor's home. I've been doing ministry all my life. One thing I've seen over and over and over is that those who chose not to take spiritual next steps when they hit failure, when they hit adversity, I saw the worst situations happen there. I don't want that for anyone. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for anyone. I want you to be resilient when failure happens. I want you to fail smart and, and even just be real. Don't, don't act like nothing happened. Don't like, oh, yeah, well, nothing happened. You know, it's okay to admit that you messed up. It's okay to admit that you failed. One of the other things I did this is very early in my ministry as well. This is about two years after I did the very historic uh, hospital visit, which people still, you know, remind me of. I did something else that was a little less talked about, but I knew that it happened as well. I was, uh, I was overseeing all of the, the uh, we had this thing called Sunday school classes, Christian education. We had this huge building with three floors and they were all filled with classes. And that was part of my responsibility. I took care of all that on Sundays. And, and so one of the things I love to do is everything was set up and I would go through the rooms on Sundays. I would greet the classes and just say hi to the people. And I went to the deaf class. Now there were about, 20 or so people in this class. None of them could hear. There were, we had a, there were a large number of people that came to the church. Thank God for that. Uh, they had sign language interpretation in the services and had a whole section of them. And uh, they had their own class. That's something I wanted them to have. I was so excited that they had that class and, and they had a place. And so I came in there and I had just learned how to sign the words good morning. And, and I was thrilled. Like, you also have to understand, I'm kind of ADD. And I just kind of, I kind of mix things up. And, and like things jump into my head that, that just, I don't know. And, and so, so I, I'm not going to show you what I did. But I did something like, you know, it, it wasn't like good morning, but it was very similar to it. But it, it, it's like, it, it's, it's, it's a really, really bad cussing them out type of thing. And so I go to the class and I do what I, th- I was like, good morning. It's like, get everybody's attention. It's like, okay, here I am, and they can't hear me, but I said, good morning, and I did the thing that I thought was good morning, and they all just kind of like did this. <laughs> they just looked down. I thought, well, maybe they're, maybe they're just shy, or, you know, and I, I don't know, so I, I left and just thought, this feels awkward, just kind of like the hospital, this feels awkward, I don't know what I'm doing, except in this case, I didn't know what I was doing. I left, and, and well, later on during one of the services, the, the Sunday school teacher caught me in the hall. He grabbed me, and he pulled me into a, to a room. He said, do you have a key to this room? I said, yeah. He pulled me in there. He said, he said, don't ever, ever, ever do, and then he did the gesture. I said, why? He says, that means I went, I just cussed out all the deaf people in the church. And then I, and then all my foolishness, like, well, I want to make things right. And so I went up there and I said, well, I need to apologize to them. And I went up there and to, to all of them. And, and the guy kind of got their attention. They were all sitting here getting ready for church. And, and I got in front of them and I said, 
as soon as I got up there, they dropped their heads again because they didn't know what I was going to cuss them out. Like, well, we don't want to look at that. We don't want to look at this church here. And so I just said, well, just tell them that I'm sorry. And, and so he did. And, and I did never, ever, ever have tried to do sign language since. But you know what? Sometimes it's okay just to be real and admit that you messed up. Cussed out all the deaf people in the church. Fail smart. Also, because relationships with other believers is very, very critical. That's why we have the connect groups. And I'm telling you guys, it would be a mistake if you just attend church on Sundays and never build relationships. Because Christian relationships give you the opportunity to have someone close to you to encourage you in God-centered ways when you do fail. Because the truth is around here, it's a lot of failure. There are a lot of people around here who have failed or who are even in failure right now, but they're learning that I'm going to get back up and I'm going to refuse to let failure define me. Around here, we choose to believe the best about one another. That's one of our values. We choose to stand with one or one another through the joys and the sorrows of life and through your successes and your failures, but you have to have people around you to do that. You need relationships to, to move forward and to fail smart. Finally, to fail smart, you need to see yourself from God's perspective. Paul had this grace perspective. He saw himself the way God saw him. You see, when you face failure in your life, whether it's a big failure or a small failure, are you going to learn from it? And are you going to allow God's grace to come in and soothe you after that? I mean, what if, like Paul, even your failure is based primarily upon what other people are doing, other people's mistakes and other people's malice? Well, you forgive them, just like Jesus forgave you, and that's grace in action. It's actually an important part of responding to your failure is, is receiving grace and even giving grace. And fail smart, because you know what? Your failure is not forever. It's not forever. God, God wired you to soar on wings like eagles through his spirit. And the greatest assets that, that, that you possess is uh, it, when you're handling failure, when you're dealing with failure, is the refusal to let that failure permanently to define you, but to be defined by the character and the nature of Christ. I am a Christian. I am a believer. I am defined by Jesus, not that failure. And, and you know, of course, admit your, your feelings honestly. Admit your failures. But, and, and even look at how you can possibly not do that in the future. I know some failures leave permanent scars. Some do. Um, some leave inward pain in our hearts that lasts a long, long time. And some of you are dealing with a lot of that right now. Sometimes failure destroys people's reputations. Um, but just because you might feel that you're disqualified because of a failure in a, one particular arena or another, it doesn't mean that you're disqualified in every arena of life. You've got to keep pressing on. You've got to find another way. Rely on the grace of God. Use that reset, that, 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 that fullness of God that's inside of you and keep moving forward. Soar, soar, soar. Some of you might say, yeah, well, yeah, but don't you know, you know, Pastor, you, you, you're just looking at me and I look good on the outside, but you don't know what I've done. And you don't know how bad I failed. You, you don't know the real story behind here. Well, I don't have to necessarily hear that. But what I would love to say back to you is, but you're not seeing yourself the way God sees you. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Paul says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You're in Christ. You're in him. 
When the enemy looks at you, he sees God. He sees Jesus. Like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, what happened? See, the old has gone and the new has come. You just need to ask. And you become that new person. I'm telling you guys, the old really, really is gone. The new really, really is here. Now you're forgiven and you're purified if you sin. John also says this. He says, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just, and he's going to forgive you of your sins, and he's going to cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. And I'm telling you guys, it's that easy. I know you might say, yeah, but pastor, haven't you? You know that scripture that says in the Bible, God helps those who help themselves, and, and I need to, I got to help pull myself up and help myself before God will help me. You know, I want to just tell you, that is, that's not a scripture. <laughs> a lot of people quote that. I like to remember, I like to remind us around here all the time, that's, that's not in the Bible. In fact, there was a survey that was done that says 80% of Christian believers believe that's actually in the Bible, and it's not. <laughs> it's not. God doesn't help those who help themselves. God's help is a gift. It's free. You don't even deserve it. God doesn't say, well, when you decide to quit failing, then I'll come in and help you. Hurry up, get your act together, help yourself. No. <laughs> you need to, you, some of you need to stop living in the past also. If you're going to live in the past, even in yesterday, it's going to hold you down. If you've turned it over to God, then it's already forgotten by him. And that's why, again, you have to see yourself from God's perspective. Here's the truth. I I don't know what failure you're facing, um, but I do know this much. No failure is permanent. None. I know that Life after failure may not look exactly like what it was before, but it doesn't mean your life is over. If you have breath, there's hope. If your heart's still beating, you have the ability to rise up out of your failure and move on. And you can become the person that God has always designed you to become. Really. Yeah, it requires teachability. It requires the power of God, strong Christian relationships, and a constant choice on your part, but you can do it. That's why Paul says again, he says, for Christ's sake. I like it. He was just, for Christ's sake. For Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and hardships and persecutions and in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm actually strong. I can't necessarily say that I... Maybe Paul's a little above me. I I can't necessarily say I delight in weaknesses. Like, yes, give me some weakness and failure. That just makes me so happy. But what Paul is saying is that no matter how low you go, God is there. And when you're down, God is lifting his arm down. He's putting his arm down and, and grabbing onto you as you lift your hand to pull you up when you're weak. When you're facing insults from the people you thought loved you. And you're facing hardships and you're being picked on. God's there for you. If you feel like life is just too difficult to go on, God's strength is there to rush in towards you, and he wants to lift you up so that you can soar on wings like eagles. The end is not really the end. It's not over, though there's failure. When I was a little boy, I had this little series of cowboy books. It was real popular when I was a kid, 60s, early 70s. One night I was reading about this, the story about uh, one of these characters called the Lone Ranger. Most of you have no clue who that is, but believe me, I do. <laughs> you heard about it. 
But in this book, it looked really bad. I, I could feel the pain of my hero. And I just thought, you know, wow, this is it for the Lone Ranger. He's not going to make it out of this one alive. It's, it's, it's over. And I got so worried that, that, I, that I flipped over to the back of the book and I read the last couple pages. And I usually, very, I never really liked doing that. But in this case, I, I just had to as a kid. I mean, you, some of you have done that. Some of you do that all the time. I can read the end. Okay, now I can read the book. But I, I, I just had to see how it was all going to come out. So I led, I, uh, I read the last few pages and I saw that the Lone Ranger ended up being okay. And he rode off into the sunset just like he always did in the past. And so with a lot of relief, I went back to the middle of the book and kept reading. And uh, I felt so happy. But thing is, is that things kept getting worse for Mr. Lone Ranger. And I even found myself wanting to encourage him. Uh, you know, it's like, I don't know whether this guy's real or not, but, but I want to encourage him. And it's like, you know, I, just, I want to say to him, hey, li- listen, 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 listen. Don't get discouraged. Hang in there. Hey, if you know what I know about your future, you wouldn't quit. Ultimately, it's all going to be okay. I think there are a lot of times when God is saying that to us too. He, God's saying, if you could only know what I know, you would keep on keeping on. See, because the end of the book of your life, it's already written. It's written in the scriptures. I tell you what it says. It says you win, and you will ride off into the sunset. In fact, Paul himself also encourages us to encourage one another with these words. No matter how you're facing, it helps us to remember that the end really isn't the end. Paul says, encourage one another with these words, saying this, the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and left, we will be caught up together in the clouds with them to meet the Lord in the air. And we will forever be with the Lord. There is a grand future ahead. Your failure is not permanent. Your best is yet to come. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's message. You know, City Life Church, we are all about developing followers of Jesus who influence and shape culture. And it's possible that you are even feeling a a shift that is coming in your life, or possibly deep down inside you feel called to something more. And City Life might be a part of that future. Let me tell you, Launch Sunday is the big event that's coming up, and it's happening on February 10th, 2019. And if you'd really like to be a part of what God is doing in downtown Fort Worth through City Life Church, I'm asking you to go and visit our website at citylifefw.org and click the launch button. Uh, You can also just come and visit one of our services because I I really believe the future is bright and it's limitless in potential. I want you to hear my vision. I want you to be a part of what God is doing at City Life and come and chat with me personally after one of the services.